0: Hello and welcome to episode 50 of the Frio Big Footy Podcast, coming into our third season. This week, Seppo and I will have a look at all the off-season news, including having a bit of a quick look at the intra-club game that's on tomorrow, and the upcoming NAB Club clash against Melbourne. Joining us this week is our usual residential uh, Victorian expert, Seppo, how are you, mate?
1: Well, I am very good, Centurions, and glad to be back for a big season of 2015, looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely, and... uh, the uh, boys have been training extremely hard, and obviously you got a chance to go down there yourself, Seppo, and have a bit of a look uh, when you are over a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, a couple of weeks ago, we did the trip across to WA and managed to cap a uh, Monday and Friday session down there, and, and right in the middle of that was the great news of um, Cam Sutcliffe signing. So that was the first big, big news for the year, and him signing on to 2017, it was great to see some of the... Uh, Younger guys now starting to sign up, and hopefully we'll reduce the amount of um, young good players coming out of contract at the end of this year. So it was um, good to get across because kind of missed it being back in WA, but just getting down to Friar Oval and, and soak up. And rather than just read what you see on the, the forum, actually get down there and view it with your own eyes is is always good.
0: Absolutely, and uh, obviously a busy year coming up, Seppo, with a lot of players coming out of contract, and um, obviously some key players for us as, as well. So. Obviously, getting Sutcliffe on board early was a terrific um, get, but uh, I think it'll be uh, a pretty busy year with the, a number of players looking to be re-signed between now and the end of the year.
1: Yeah, the good thing is that we've um, obviously got a lot of the key guys signed up, and I think a lot of the um, list management might come out of um, some retirements and, and cutting some fat at the end of this year. So I think we're in a very good position to retain a lot of our good, good kids. So we'll look forward to uh, discussing that over the uh, course of this season.
0: Absolutely, and I think it'd probably be a bit remiss of us uh, to go any further in the podcast without thanking those uh, loyal watchers every week who go down and uh, give us those training reports. It's um, obviously for a number of us, including myself, who lives sort of north of the river, just having that opportunity to sort of see what the boys are doing each week has been um, fantastic and uh, very much appreciated.
1: Yeah, it's much appreciated, all the guys that get down there and, and really just keep the uh forum ticking along with all the Frio news in the off season um it's great to read just what happens down on the track and stuff that doesn't really get covered in the media especially for the guys outside of wa as well it's just um great to have all those contributors down there and really uh painting a vivid picture of what heads down at Frio oval
0: yeah i think uh so we got a chance when we were down there to sort of catch up with harry reams and Salim malik and gaskin and i think could have been there was could have been there was there as well and uh Obviously, those other guys that we haven't had a chance to sort of catch up with, uh, I know Jed O'Mine Tricks was down there a couple of times and, uh, a few of the other boys. So, uh, and, uh, it's, as I said, it's just, uh, great to be able to get that feedback during the, uh, during the, uh, off
1: season. And hopefully over the next few weeks, we actually start to see some uh, nice games and um, some video footage and, and really just get back into the swing of things of the whole season. So it's um, interesting just coming into uh, round one, having a look at uh, actually how we're tracking in terms of uh, an injury list. The um, AFL website's put out a bit of an injury update across all clubs, and we're actually sitting pretty well. So we haven't picked up too many new injuries over the course of the off-season, um, Zach Dawson's really only been the main major one, um, with Nat Five picking up a minor tweak of the hamstring at training the other day. Um, but other than Morabito, that's been a bit cautious in his approach, um, we've pretty much had most of the guys out there and there's been talk about, you know, Crowley and Mazungu and some of the guys missing little bits, but they seem to be able to complete some type of running session during the week and um it's it's great to see that we could be going into round one with um not many uh, players from our best 22, not available. And um, when you flick across the, every other club, there are some clubs absolutely struggling at the moment, um, especially to key players. And I think even just Geelong and, and Port that we're playing in the first two rounds have had players that have missed big chunks of the uh, a season, while other clubs that have had a really good run are clubs like Hawthorne and Sydney and Essendon. So we'll, we'll face them and, and I reckon it will be quite telling, especially teams like Port that need... Um, a lot of fitness space, and, and it's going to really tell towards the end of the season as well.
0: Yeah, it was a little bit um, it was a bit disappointing with, uh, obviously, when we were there seeing five. As I said, it wasn't a major hamstring, just going up for a mark there, and um, I'm sure he'll be fine, but they're not going to obviously risk him for a NAB Cup game, especially probably against Melbourne anyway, to start off the season, so I don't think there's anything real to be concerned about there. Obviously, we did have a couple of other guys as well, like... Um, Ballard missed quite a lot of the uh, pre-season and uh, there was, you know, just wasn't even seen around the club. So I don't think anyone's still 100% sure what happened there with uh, young Jacob Ballard. So hopefully he, uh, I know he's back out just sort of doing some laps now, which is good to see. And obviously Ed Langdon was another one, Seppo, who uh, we, didn't, we haven't seen a lot of for a little while either. Mm. The other, uh, any uh, guys that really stood out for you in those sort of bit of time that you did uh, see down there at Freo? Yeah, young. well,
1: if I was to uh, hand out my uh, training the house down awards, as everyone's calling it, to the um the younger crew, um probably in my top three you'd have guys like Crozier, Blackley, um and maybe Tabanar or Sheridan or one of those guys that have really um taken a step up, and some of the older guys that have really um one of them been turning back the clock would be McFarlane and, and even guys like Subin and Deboer. If um from what I've watched and what the guys have been talking about on the forum has actually put in some really good performances on the track and um, even turned it up a bit in the uh, intra-club last week and hopefully get to see them again tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I think that was a key thing out of the intra-club last week. Obviously, it was a uh, pretty one-sided affair, similar to the game we saw, Seppo, when they had a pretty good uh, intra-club hit out at training there. And obviously, they had a stronger side and a weaker side and they did make some changes. But it was good to see probably some of those guys who would consider... Some people would consider it to be fringe twenty twos such as Subin and Crozier actually having really good games and uh, you know pushing their selection for round uh round one and obviously, like I know Crozier played the last six games in finals, and I certainly am a firm believer of him being in that twenty two and that could be part of the reason why Maine has been spending a fair bit of time down back in those match simulations as well and training
1: mm. it's interesting just even what they 're doing with maine and the way he some people say he looks like a fish out of water playing down back and then some of others have actually commented that he's actually competing well, got a good closing speed and, and throwing his body around. So it'll be interesting how he's actually used down back and does that free up Johnson to do something else or if we are we bringing him down there to cover for someone not like McFarlane or Dawson or another tool that may not be there and... And it's just funny when you look at the back 6 makeup of where Maine actually sits into it. When you start to mention Spur, Duffield, Sutcliffe, it's very harder to sort of justify another player like that down there. But maybe there's a, there's a plan for it. Maybe we'll see it in a game. But I mean, yeah, it's just quite interesting to see that type of a, a positional, quite a prominent positional change during the off-season.
0: Yeah, it'll also be interesting to see tomorrow. Obviously, uh, we're taping this on a Friday or Thursday night. Tomorrow morning, obviously, the club has an intra-club game starting at 9.30 down at uh, Fremantle Oval. And it'll just be interesting to see how the club, or whether how Ross Lyons lines them up this week, whether he continues to have a strong side and a weaker side, uh, or whether he tries to maybe even them up a little bit and have sort of players playing against each other for that round one spot, sort of guys who are sort of fighting for that same spot.
1: I think in the previous uh, season, we had an intra-club. It was basically the best defenders on the best forwards. So... They could balance the sides to that to see how they actually go against a, a good, strong opponent for each position. Um, but I imagine there'll be a couple of people like Pav and, and Fife that they might actually pull out and um, keep them out of the intra clubs or see even some of the NAB challenge matches and, and really let the other guys fight it out. And some of those guys might just be cotton-wooled up, ready for uh, round one, or maybe the last NAB when they're ready to go. Yeah,
0: well, obviously we haven't seen uh, Pav play in any of the intra clubs yet. So it'll be interesting to see how they manage him, obviously, uh, considering that we when we were down there, Seppo obviously saw him doing a bit of uh, running laps around the Oval and sort of you know having a bit of a chat with him. He was actually quite talkative uh, during the game down there, sort of talking to the match committee of uh, the big footy side. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to see whether he actually does get a run tomorrow or not or whether they do keep him in cotton wool for another week or two.
1: Mm, especially when you look at the... Um well, we've got two home games and the have challenged one away one in Sydney. So I can't imagine they'd be um, sending him and the likes of Sandy off to that. So I suppose they will um, get some time, maybe for the last one against the Eagles. That's very close to round one, um, some time in there. But obviously they're not rushed and it's going to be a long uh, battle this season, a marathon, and they're not going to rush some of those guys straight back in. But one guy that really stood out, um, from the pre-season and been running well as McFarlane. So he actually looked like he's wound the clock back a bit and looking supremely fit. I reckon he's lost maybe a kilo or two or picked up some speed, but he just, maybe it was because of last year, he didn't, in hindsight, didn't actually look that fit or, you know, carrying a bit of an injury. But now he's probably had a clean-up and a bit of time off. He's, he's looking fresh as a daisy, and it's going to be exciting to see him line up um, in the back line start of the first few rounds.
0: Absolutely, and obviously there's going to be, you know, quite a lot of uh, consideration about looking at how they're going to line up for round one against Port Adelaide, who obviously have a little bit of, uh, you know, issues themselves, obviously dealing with the uh, with the two guys from Essen and with the uh, Paddy Ryder and Monfries, and then obviously having guys like Wingard and Trengrove who will probably be missing round one by the sounds of it with uh, various injuries. So uh, it probably sounds like a good time for Fremantle to be uh, getting Port Adelaide at this
1: stage. Ooh.
0: Any other sort of players stand out for you in the uh preseason chop up so far, Stepho? Um, uh,
1: not too much. The one thing that did surprise me was um De Luca, that we um picked up um, one of the last picks in the the draft and I didn't have too too much of a high expectation for, but to see him out there, um I think he did two or three little flashy things that sort of picked my eyes up as I was watching the the game and, and he's got a good rap from some people on the board that he was one of the most hardest workers out there that Um, you know, currently playing Waffles. So we might have found another sort of DeBoer, um, you know, real tough, nuggety um, player that goes in hard and really works hard. Um, He's very quick. A lot of people have um, criticised him for speed, but I've seen him move out there and compared to some of the other players, he's he's quite quick. So um, it's unfortunate that we haven't seen much of uh, Langdon, the old uh, cult hero 26, Um, but from the other, the Weller and, and Blackley and, and DeLuca all seem to have um, really taken to their their first pre season, and and they look really good.
0: Yeah, it was uh, interesting. Like obviously there was a bit of talk about Blakely and his speed, you know, particularly when you're looking at his highlights video. But I mean, the couple of times we saw him and myself, Seppo, down at training, he obviously shows that you know his long his speed over twenty meters may not be exceptional. Obviously, he did a pretty poor twenty meter sprint time for a midfielder of his size, but. He seems to be reasonably quick off that first four or five minutes, which is obviously the crucial part. in able to uh, and good agility. So it'd be interesting to see when he gets into a game situation. Obviously, and obviously, on I think Ross Lyon will play him a little bit in the NAB Cup, whether to see whether that um, stands up against uh, opposition sides or whether it sort of just stood out on that day for you know for whatever reason.
1: He certainly looks like he's a, a second-year player. His body shape compared to. Some of the other players, he almost looks like a second-year player, not a first, because it just seems to have that sort of broader, sort of size across the shoulders and um, more of that mature look. And and like you say, he's not a, a quick mover, but he's a smart mover, kind of like you know Mundy and Barlow. The way that they go, they're not quick off the mark, but they're they're agile and, and get away quickly. So um, yeah, it'll be just great to see someone like that. Probably not what we need at the moment, but it's great sort of insurance policy. We know that if one of those other mids go down, that he's you know ready to step up but i think it might be very hard for those first year players to um crack into our 22 when so many of those other guys have stood up and we haven't even mentioned clancy Pierce because he's one that's been training well and performed quite well in the intra
0: yeah it was, i mean the other guy sort of looking to stand up in that midfield i think as well would be tom sheridan and obviously there was quite a conflicting uh reports on his game from the uh, intra club the other day some people thought he looked really good in that first half and obviously Fremantle uh, coaching staff were quite happy with him. We had a number of people on big footy felt that his performance was below par and not uh, not much chop. So it's certainly be interesting to see uh, how he goes in the next few days to uh, whether he pushes a claim for uh, a spot in that 22.
1: He's certainly got a great set of uh, wheels and skills when he's given space, but I think he's criticised because he plays more of an outside role and to look, look to see like he's a bit... Um, sort of not involved but the way he plays on the outside is, is almost like hill like that you know once he gets going and gets a bit of speed he can be quite damaging with his kicks um and even just you know just sprinting off the mark and running onto it hopefully we um get a spot there on the wing for him um if it's not Sutcliffe pushing up there there's, there's guys like Sheridan and even he could be putting on pressure f- um on Daniel Pierce to really become a, a really good inside 50 player
0: yeah I mean I think that's I think you're right about that the at the moment, I don't think we really need another inside player. We've got plenty of guys who can get it there. We just need a bit of extra speed on the outside and guys who can make good decisions. And obviously, uh, you know, even when we watched Daniel Pierce at training the other day, you know, he tends to, you know, it can be frustrating at times, as you, as you say, you know, he does those little fumbles and probably forward of 50 or forward of the centre line, I think he's a terrific player and obviously gets the ball to advantage, but just doesn't look always that comfortable when you're... Uh, playing from you know in the back half and we saw that a bit last year in the final against port Adelaide as well so it'd be i think he will be one of those guys who will probably be, uh you know be on the cusp of the 22 I think um, in terms of players trying to push for his position so well that's what we'd be hoping for anyway seeing some of those guys come in and do that so it'll certainly be interesting to see uh, how those guys sort of stand up because as you said with guys like Clancy Pierce and that also trying to get a spot we're at the moment we've probably got 25 26 trying to get into uh, you know, the 22 at least at this stage and probably even a couple more trying to push as well.
1: Mm. Well, there's one interesting play we probably haven't mentioned yet, but I'm not sure if he's had a full pre-season. I think he, um, Brady Gray had stress fractures towards the end of last season or he's only just struggling to get back out there now. Um, I think he played a bit of the um, Indigenous game versus the Eagles. Um, but it sounds like he actually went went okay in that. Um, and I'd love to see him test it out, even just to work out you, know, you see him amongst it all at the high level, not just what he did down at Peel. Um, really, just sort of get an idea: is he going to be another the mid, or can he even be uh, a nice back pocket player? Because that's one thing we did discuss quite a lot last year that we don't have um, a lot of depth around that at draft time, and um, he might be a perfect little player to provide a backup to some of the um the smaller types. And he seems quite agile and nifty and hard, so. That might be a nice place to test it out in the NAB Cup coming up.
0: Yeah, I think it was also, uh, you know, interesting when we watched that game in the other uh, training session that intra club. Obviously, Aptness or you know was very very um, good in the contested mark Seppo, but obviously didn't seem to get into it in the intra club the other day. So I think he'll be one of those players. I know they're trying to push for that three man forward line to give it a go in the early in the NAB Cup. So I think it'll be up to him to try and maybe have a, a big big performance tomorrow to sort of try and cement his spot in that 22.
1: Mm. I think when you look at it, it's, um, it's almost Taberna has runs on the board and he played it well, um, even covered through the uh, training sessions that we watched, um, that he can really sort of slot in to the side along with Sandlands and, and Pavlich and and almost become that um, centre half forward or full forward and, and roam around a bit up the ground and... You know, if we're going to plonk Sandy at full forward, this gives the opportunity to push up the ground. And I think Tavanagh works better in the side with those two there and and Aptness might come in at at a different stage, maybe when Pap's not playing.
0: Yeah, the other guy I think who's had a much better, obviously, pre-season is Zach Clark. He obviously um, struggled last year with that knee injury after the music festival. And although he didn't sort of dominate in that intra-club we saw, he certainly moved around the ground. And all indications from Ross Lyon are that obviously... Clark will be starting to move into that number one ruck spot a little bit more, and they're going to try and play obviously Sandlin's down forward a bit more. And hopefully, after the umpire's edict the other day about um, holding in uh, marking contests, he should obviously get try and get a few more uh, kicks in front of goal. Considering they generally manhandle him and hang all off him when uh, when the ball does get down there.
1: All we can do is hope because I really don't see it happening. Even though they they have talked about you know blocking and if you're not going to go for the ball, but the amount of times that Sandy gets scragged... and not paid those free kicks, he could be very damaging in that forward yeah. spot. Um, and especially if we can deliver some great ball onto him, all you have to do is reach up and take a mark or if not, draw a free kick. So I just hope to uh, go out to the media pick her up on it. If it is like that in the uh, first few rounds, and I'd love to just get that um, that special footage when they sort of do a, a highlight, so a cut of every single... Uh, Thing and put it in front of the umpire's nose and just see if you know if they are being consistent with um, that ruling because that will certainly go to our favour with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The other uh, key bit of news, I suppose, in the off-season as well, Seppo, or probably more off-field, is that once again, Fremantle are uh, just about on track to crack the 50,000 members for the first time. So um, nearly at uh, just over, I think I heard the other day, just over 48,000 members already. Mm-hmm. And, obviously and we're chasing
1: down the Eagles. We're not too far behind them. So we'll be in front of them soon, no doubt.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think it's uh terrific for the club and obviously uh a number of people, whether it's, you know, coinciding with obviously the new stadium being built and so people are able to get access to tickets. Especially now they've uh talked about limiting the uh, having at least ten thousand tickets every home game to for either club to be available to the general public, that generally means that you're gonna be down to fifty thousand members so who are able to get tickets to the game. So if you're looking at it as it sits now, Seppo, obviously those members of the Eagles and Dockers, if you don't get in probably this year, you're probably unlikely to get a member's ticket already before the game even starts. So obviously there'll be more available for the general public, but it'll be interesting to see how quickly those tickets do sell.
1: Yeah, it's going to be exciting once that stadium's uh, up and running and it's just a shame that we've got to wait a couple of more years for it. So
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So it'll still be, as I said, be a little bit of time before that happens, so it would be interesting to see what they uh,
1: do from there. So...
0: But any other sort of news or off season news, Seppo, that uh,
1: caught your eye? Oh well one thing we do, even just with the game plan, the way that the guys are kicking around and the full match sims and even the intra club, you could see that they're focused on quick forty five degree accurate, you know, ball movement from the back line with um to make it very quick and accurate, um, similar to the Hawthorne model. I think it's been discussed. It's you know, the way they go and and the ball retention's uh quite big, and they did get punished quite a bit when they um turned it over and made a bad decision. Um, so we saw that a bit of training, so it's been drummed into the players to really focus it on their ball movement and their accuracy with the kicks. And I suppose if you're a, a bad kick, and I know Ross doesn't excuse uh, skill errors, but he's going to uh, be a bit harder on it, and hopefully we've got a lot of people in there, guys like Crazy that have got beautiful kicks, and Walters, um, just feed the ball in there. So hopefully... This game plan slight shift is going to uh, get the ball quicker with um, Sandy plonked in the hot spot. That's one thing I did notice, that Ross did grill anyone that didn't really kick to that hot spot, and there was always a, a full forward, and Suma getting the guys working towards that dangerous spot in the centre. So hopefully a lot of our uh, goal-kicking issues come from the, the guys correcting their kicks and taking more set shots from directly in front, not down the, uh, into the pockets. In saying
0: that, Seppo, in the times they've been at training, they've obviously been doing quite a bit of work on their goal kicking. And to be perfectly honest, it, it, has, it wasn't that terrific when we were in the few times that I've been down. been a couple of times since, and it, uh, the uh, goal kicking hasn't been a sort of highlight. So it's certainly something they do need to uh, work on, and hopefully they'll uh, be a little bit better for it. But I think um, in one of the posts the other day, Salah Malik was talking about just the weighted kicks of Walters and how he's just able to hit those targets. And... Um, it's just been an absolute joy to watch and, you know, I don't think people realise how much he was missed last year after doing that injury in round three and I think having him back for the whole season will be uh, terrific for us. And obviously the other guy who stood up even in last week in the West Coast um, Indigenous All-Stars game with uh, Stephen Hill obviously playing a crucial run through the middle so he looked, uh, looked very good as well.
1: Mm, it's going to be great once you... Um, a lot of those guys actually missed out the injured clubs, so you didn't see too much from... I think Walters, he only played the first half and came off, so likewise with Johnson. But when you start to talk about those guys, Hill, Johnson, Walters, um, you know, it's it's really exciting. And even Ballantyne hasn't been mentioned yet. But if, if we can just get a forward line with Ballantyne and Walters working in tandem with Sandy, it's, it's going to be quite dangerous. And I think there's a lot of stats out there to say that Walters and Ballantyne, it's even been discussed on the main board on the forum, that... You know, it could be two of the best small forwards in the comp. Even though they've got different playing styles, they are, they are crucial. If they're both out there, it's going to be a, a nightmare for opposition defence.
0: And especially as well, because it's going to give Crozier being that third... He's probably going to get that third sort of player. And although he's a little bit taller, he has got that ability to play small and agile. So it's certainly going to make that forward line very dangerous if we have the three talls and smalls. So obviously the main thing will be probably with you know Tabiner or Atnis. And if Pav does play in that way being able to keep that forward pressure with those three tools in there to make sure that uh, the ball doesn't come out too easily at the other end as well. Yeah, so obviously the uh, other sort of uh, major part, obviously they'll be talking about going into the uh, round one, is obviously looking at the game plan, and there's been a sort of bit of talk around sort of the local media, and as you said, Seppo, just the fact that Fremantle are trying to get that ball in a little bit quicker, and... uh, It'll be interesting to see how they obviously working on their small their shorter kicks whether they uh sort of you know, whether that run and carry is gonna be as critical if they're able to hit those targets through the middle and sort of linking up through the back half.
1: it's gonna be a, a big point of um how we're actually gonna get more on the board because they did say that we've got to be a more of an attacking side and and they sort of failed even though the uh overall scoring dropped off last season. Um, we didn't really increase our scoring and we want to be able to get over 100 points um, more and I reckon that's how they're going to do it. So it looks like they've put the things in place to make it happen. Let's just hope the guys have, have worked on their goal-kicking accuracy enough to be able to convert it every time we go forward. So hopefully, I don't think we'll get to see it straight away, but I reckon by round one we'll get a fair idea of um, you know what they've tweaked and changed will be in there. So oh, I'm not going to be too concerned about these... Um, upcoming NAB results and, and if anything I expect, you know, Melbourne might may touch us up in that that first week if they bring on a strong side and and likewise with the West Coast if they pay their um you know, to get their premiership hopes alive pre-season, ha- have a win there. So we we might come away with our, you know, three pre-season games with three losses, but I know I'm not gonna be too upset because I think everyone's come to expect from now what to what we're gonna see in the pre-season, So Um, But the good thing is that there'll be a lot of pressure for spots on because Peel have a buy in round one. So all those guys on the fringe that really want to get into the best 22 have got to put on shows uh, through this nab challenge because they're not going to get much of a chance um, straight up once we start to get into the thick of things. And when you look at our fixture, who we've got in the first few rounds, we've got Port Adelaide and. Geelong and then the Derby and then Sydney. It's it's not going to be uh, easy, and um, let's just hope we um do enough over these next com- coming weeks to um hit the ground running.
0: Yeah, I mean the other thing that stood out probably Sepo as well when we were down at the training sessions were, uh, although I know we've talked about we mentioned obviously five tweaking his hemi, but you could just notice a difference in the sort of he had that sort of swagger about him, didn't he? The fact that uh, when he was sort of walking along, you know, walking through the group, he, he was sort of just you know. Not sort of like, um, you know, not over the top or anything, but you could just see how he is that confidence about his, you know, the faith in his own ability when he was out there mm-hmm. in that training session.
1: It's definitely confidence and not cockiness because he's um, still quite a measured person and he's um, definitely walking around with his head a bit higher. Um, well, let's just hope for all the guys that want to see him with a brown load that he can um, keep a cool head out in the field because he certainly, the way he moves and, and can play um, and the way he was just tearing up on the track, um if if this hamstring's not gonna be an issue and he's there round one, he is gonna be um a player to watch and a player that's um yeah, just gonna set the field alight. So I'm yeah. looking forward to it.
0: Yeah, I suppose the other big news through the week, Seppo, is obviously you know, we haven't had too many father sons over the duration and uh obviously Clem Michael was our first but we you know, been few and far between. But uh obviously the news that uh young Pav, um Pav and uh Mundy both have boys, so um, you know, down the track in 18 years, the two of them coming through together at the same time. Could be interesting for the club. Mm. It's
1: a long way to wait. It's some um, exciting news now, but let's just hope they're still father and son and the AFL doesn't decide to scrap the rules on the current system before then. But it's, um, it's great just reading up and the guys that have been discussing on the forum. There's a couple of other players, like Mundy, that's his second boy, so he's already got one. And um, I think guys like Roger Hayden and, and Michael Johnson both have young boys that I think just starting to get into the Oz kick now and getting to the age, five or six, where we won't have to wait as long for them, but it would be great to just keep a track of them and see how they're tracking as they start to get older.
0: Yeah. I suppose the other thing is, uh, you know, which has been one of the things on the forum this week, is talking about, uh, which I think uh, Moist Biscuit put out there, mate, was uh, talking about which player you think is going to have a breakout year, Seppo, and uh, who, do you, uh, who do you think will step up and uh, to take that?
1: Well, I've, I've put my uh, name down for Crozier because I think that's the, uh, the more popular choice everyone's kind of just seen from that first intra um, intracub game. Plus, you know, it, it could be tomorrow he lights it up again. But I think he's the one that, you know, towards the end of the year just showed that he was, um, you know, coming of age and, and really, you know, putting on um, good performances. Um, he's one that's got that X factor and I think... Neil and Sutcliffe have already sort of shown that already and they had that long extended runs in the side where if you're calling stepping up or, you know, breakout year, it's always the second or third-year players that you've, you have know, had time in the system and, and really start to push for just regular gigs and, and almost match-winning performances. So it really gets down to one of two players. Crozier would be my choice, and I suppose um, Tabnar's the other. So who do you think is going to be... a another breakout year, or even just, you know, improve again on last?
0: Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, Crazy is the obvious choice based on what we saw at the end of, towards last year and this year. Uh, I'm, You know, I would still like to see Sheridan be able to cement himself in that sort of side, and I think he has got the ability to do so. I think he just needs to string some games together. Um, I think the other person who may be able as you said, you know, a lot of people are talking about Tabiner, whether he can do it. I still think he's probably going to be another year or two away, I think just from that bulk, I think his running's going to be good. I think it's just his kicking he needs to work on a little bit more. Um, you know, I suppose the other, you know, I suppose it's going to be more the interesting side of it, sepo's probably there going to be those guys who are probably on the crossroads as well, like whose careers, probably one way or the other, um, it's going to be probably a defining year for them. And I think there's probably, I'd say probably four or five guys who would you would have to put in that, um, in that mix of guys who... Um, Potentially uh, are at the crossroads and are probably playing for their AFL careers. Certainly at Frio, um, if not in the AFL. Mm. So I mean, Clancy Pierce, you'd have to think would be probably one of those guys. Matt De Boer would probably be another one, um, and even
1: Crowley. Crowley could be another one too. That you know, if he's not improving on his output, his um, spot could come under risk. If there's other guys being able to doing a run with role and, and guys like Muzungu that have given that job before, that's um, could spill into uh, Crowley's regular spot on the side if that job's not there anymore for him.
0: Yeah, I think the key thing for Crowley is not just... I mean, I don't think anyone doubts his commitment or anything like that. It's just that they were obviously were exposed a little bit last year when the uh, when the ball was sort of... Like, whoever he was sort of guarding or, you know, manning up, they basically went to against him when they particularly in the centre square and um, exposed Crowley a little bit in there. And I think that's something that... Uh, Obviously, the match committee and that will probably be looking at over in the off-season, find ways to do that, or whether they move Crowley onto players who aren't playing in the middle and just going head-to-head with those three in there. So it would be interesting to see what um, happens in that sort of area. But you know, there are those sort of guys who probably do need to uh, step up this year. Obviously, the other guy who sort of brings up a lot of debate as well, Seppo, is probably Craig Moller, who I think is on the last year of his Rookie B contract. Yeah. Um, so he's obviously another player that would need to... You think step up this year, for, particularly for Peel, um, to be able to, um, you know, give himself another chance of being on the main list.
1: Mm. He certainly, from what what I've seen of him, um, he certainly looks like he's got the skills and and seems to just show those little moments of brilliance. And I think for last year for Peel, he did it a couple of times, but it, it almost seemed like he needs a a real sort of a, a maturity increment and even just a bit more of that body size because he still looks so scrawny and he's. Um, yeah, still got a couple of years before he really starts to put it on for a ruckman because you can't expect too much room, but at least show some signs that he's worth maybe even elevating off the uh the rookie list and, and be there as as the Ruckman because Sandy won't be around forever and really a player like Griffin as well, he might be, you know, looking towards the end of his and if he's not getting regular gigs behind Sandy and, and Clark and Hannes and, and as Muller comes through and if they can get aptness to pinch hit. It's going to be very hard for Griff to get games, and um, Moller's really going to show that he's worth keeping on the list, and, and hopefully at the end of this year, do enough to maybe even get a promotion. Because I'm not sure if we can keep him on the rookie list anymore. No,
0: well, that's right. I mean, a lot of people forget he's still only twenty. He feels like he's been around on the list for years and years. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if we look at most players in the uh, ruck, you know, ruck area, they probably don't really start doing anything until they're 24, 25. And if you even look at guys who had breakout years last year in the AFL, like Segler and those sort of blokes, they're still mid-20s where, you know, Moller's still a number of years away from even getting to there. So although it just seems like he has been on the list, for, and he has been on the list for a long time, but it does take those bigger guys, as we know, longer to develop and build up. So but I think, you know, at least, he, you know, those times we were watching, he was keeping up with the main group and with the running drills and stuff like that. So it will be um, important. Still an important year for him, though, because obviously he does come out of that rookie contract at the end of the year.
1: Mm. So what are your thoughts on uh, Griffin and what he can do and how sort of uh, he can go with this with his side and, and get an opportunity?
0: Well, all reports from the pre-season were that uh, Griffin hasn't impressed from the people that we've spoken to, which is a bit disappointing, and um, obviously he thought he might have been trying to push hard for a spot. I think Griffin may be sort of used a little bit when they rest Sandy for games, and obviously... Play Clark as the number one sort of ruckman, and then obviously have Griffin as that backup ruckman. And I think Griffin has shown that he can play forward a little bit. He's done it quite a bit for uh, when he was sort of playing at East Fremantle before the Peel alignment. And uh, I think he, I think he'll still be in that pinch hitting role. Um, obviously, I, I, you know, it's whether you have him or Hanneth. I think Griffin still does move across the ground a bit better than Hanneth. Um, so you'd have to think that he, I think you will get an opportunity or two this year. I think they're going to obviously try and maybe rest Sandy for those long road trips and yeah. then obviously use Clark in that role as the number one ruckman with Griffin coming in as the backup. Mm. All right, Seppo. any other uh, things you want to bring up before we finish up for tonight?
1: And no, other than the fact that it's nice to just have footy back and, and tuning into the the Hawks Collingwood NAB Challenge game today and, and just see the Collingwood get up. I've actually uh, already placed a, a couple of little sneaky bets on just the outsiders because the NAB Challenge always seems to throw up the odd results. So, um, yeah, it's just great to have footy back and a great couple of weeks over the next four to really watch all these other sides and even just see some new faces and new names and different colours. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting and yeah just can't wait for our first game against melbourne next thursday so looking forward to it
0: yeah absolutely and uh anything happening on the boards that people need to know about Seppo? Any, uh, with the other than just
1: uh everyone joining in for the um fantasy and super coach leagues and if you haven't already logged in or, or found your, your team make sure you do that and get in before round one because it will come around sooner you know it i think there's a couple of vacancies in the current couple of legs we got going in there, so have a look at all the ones tagged competitions and you should be able to find a couple of uh different leagues to join depending on what you're you're into and um yeah
0: yeah perfect all right thanks again for joining us seppo and uh maybe we'll uh, touch base next week after the uh nab challenge game with, with Melbourne so we can uh sort of dissect that a little bit and uh, have a look at uh, how the boys look
1: and no, I just can't wait until the end. Uh, AFL announce our uh, first squad for the year, so albeit NAB challenge, it's going to be exciting next week, sitting down to see who's playing in our first game.
0: Perfect. All right, that's it for this week, and we will see you all again next week. That's it for now, and uh, hopefully we'll, uh, if you haven't had a chance, get down and watch the uh, boys at the Club tomorrow morning at 9.30, or next Thursday down at Fremantle Oval. I know there's only limited tickets left, if any, so it should be a a terrific atmosphere down there watching the boys at uh, Fremantle Oval. That's it for now, and we'll catch you again next week. Bye.